0: Hello
1: and welcome to the episode before the short break. Um, That's right, this is episode 49 of the Portsmouth Running Podcast. I thought we were gonna make it to 50, um, but it's time that that Dave and I get some kind of like rest and and recovery in with a a few big kind of events coming up. Um, So we're planning on taking a couple of months out and relaunching season two of the podcast with some awesome and cool changes uh in january beginning of january and speaking of dave uh, he joins me on the show right now as always dude how are you keeping
0: good day mate all right yeah good good how are you
1: i'm okay i'm okay i'm I'm, lov- I'm loving this new kind of like australian g'day mate so you, you you're, you're getting quite into your into your aussie greetings
0: yeah, I'm just mourning my my travelling past and um, just trying to keep it alive with a little bit of Aussie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the morning. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. The, it's coming. It's coming, isn't it? All the, all the it morning is. of uh, day, days gone and past, dude, because um, you're, you are about or well, yourself and Heather are about to become parents.
0: Yes. So um, it's literally like I think the last week has felt like it's waiting time now. Yeah, and uh, I've been I've spent eight and a half months being pretty chilled out about it, probably in a lot of denial, and then this last week, it's the the nervousness and the anxiety has ramped up a little bit. So it's imminent. Due day is tomorrow, so it could be whilst we're recording this. That would be hilarious, but you know
1: (laughs) that would be that would be. I'm I'm not quite sure what we do in, in that case, but we might we may end up um. Yeah, just uh, I guess experiencing the birth live on uh, on the podcast.
0: Yeah, I mean we could we could do a live birthing, couldn't we? If we just uh, I'll, what I'll do is I'll make sure that the phone is plugged in for the full six to twenty four hours that she can be <laughs> in I'll describe it as it goes. <laughs> yeah,
1: not so not so sure how happy Heather will be about that. But <laughs> it would be it would be it would make quite an amazing show for sure. <laughs> Listen, Dave, I've I've been super excited about this because obviously you know we've been doing these shows now. Or, or certainly, I I kind of started them over a, a year and a half ago now. Um, coming up to the second year, we've done um 49 episodes. I was it's kind of counts as 50 because I think I did an episode zero, which was was yeah. like an introduction to the show. And obviously, you joined me. Um, a a few episodes in but you know you've really been I've just got to say at the beginning of the show that you've been fantastic as a a co-host and you've really kind of helped um, you know bring like a lot of interesting stuff to to our our introductions which when the show was early days and it was just me um, was difficult to fill the time but but now it's just so so easy because you're 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 a madman with your running and you're you're a man of many interests and talents Dave so you've been an awesome co-host
0: you're 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 being too kind and uh on on the verge of flattery there, Dan, because I really don't do anything other than just um I'm like the Portsmouth running podcast parasite and just sort of turn up for the awards <laughs> really. <I think. laughs>
1: That's enough, dude. Just being just being you and being on the show is enough, man. So yeah, no, no, Just listen, just a massive thanks to you. Obviously, it takes time out of your day, and um you know I think it's time that we had a little bit of a rest from it. Um, but when I say rest, I actually mean that we're kind of working in the background um doing a few technical bits and bobs mm. transferring over hosting um looking after domain names and things like that so, so yeah so a few changes coming up but basically the, yeah. the show is going to continue on um we're going to have um like i said a, probably about an eight week break and we're going to relaunch at the beginning of january with some awesome changes um and yeah just so many more interviews being planned i'm already speaking to people who yeah. want to come and be on the show so yeah so it's, it's going to be exciting stuff and uh, yeah, look, looking forward to to returning and hearing all about how, how kind of parenting is going for you. But, David, yeah. on the show, I wanted to uh, discuss, and I think everyone's pretty keen to hear, because there's lots of rumours flying around about what actually happened to David Harvey <laughs> during Lonless, which was your 250-mile non-stop ultra from north coast of Wales to the south coast of Wales. And yeah. um, I was going to ask you to describe what the race is Dave but I've actually got Mark Cobain's um web page up here and I was going to literally read out how he describes his his runs because he does this with all of his events they've all got their own websites their own individual websites um he's obviously becoming really well known for um his events which are known as the hard stuff um but I know he does do some some other kind of like I guess more normal 100 mile events on the track and stuff but a lot of his events are really really difficult uh you know races to complete but I'm going to describe Llanllwch, Dave, um, and then we'll kind of like start hearing from from you with your experience with it. So here goes. Llanllwch is a 250-mile non-stop race from Holyhead to Cardiff Bay down the centre of Wales, crossing several mountain ranges, mostly on road. You will be virtually self-sufficient, which will make this an incredibly difficult challenge, um, as you would come to expect from Cobain events. You will follow. Sustrans cycle route 8 all the way with the last 55 miles along the Taff Trail making this possibly the longest non-stop road ultra in the UK. What do you reckon?
0: Um, well the first thing that jumps out at Dan is that you are an incredibly articulate reader. Wow thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah that, that describes it pretty well I think um, it's it's Quite quite far up north, or what felt like quite quite far up north. When by the time I'd uh, done the done the train ride, um, which yeah. W- what happened there? Because you you spent ages
1: making your way um, up there the night
0: before. So um, so. Th- the the I went from Petersfield station and the what I did is did this I went on this website called Split Ticket I don't know if you've heard of it where rather than buying a point A to point B ticket to your finished okay. destination it splits up the different journeys that you would have to take so it would be so it did a journey from here to London and then London to Euston and then Euston to somewhere like Crewe or okay. somewhere somewhere up north and then there to, to Wales so what it does it takes it manages to take about 30 or 40 pounds off the whole price of a ticket so rather than being about 100 pounds it was about 60 pounds to get from here to to North Wales. Okay
1: okay good tip yeah yeah.
0: So um and on the way you, you know it was a six or seven hour journey anyway but when we got to got into Wales all of a sudden there was the train stopped and we were sat there for about an hour hour and a half and uh, so there was someone on the track basically I'm not sure what Entirely what happened with it, but there was a massive delay. Okay. And in all honesty, I'd been, I'd had a pretty kind of stressful few weeks at work on in the build up to it. So yep. getting to the, I was, I was a little bit kind of on edge. And the whole one of the one of the kind of like mean things about long mass is that it lingers there. You know, you've not started it yet, and it's it's a pretty stressful diff, distance for me to kind of take on. Okay. So I think there are all these different elements of like wanting to get up there so I was able to actually relax yeah um and you know the train then stopping and then like the actual race being there and all these things just started to stress me out a little bit so I was on the train and I just felt like an absolutely like kind of ball of nerves
1: so it's like it's like normal race day nerves but with an added stressful train journey, yeah which, which it sounds like you saved 30 pounds but you added 30 years to your life yeah pretty what? much yeah,
0: yeah.
1: or took away sorry
0: was, yeah pretty, pretty much and like i normally get pretty stressed up stressed out in before a race anyway you know if it's a marathon then i normally get a little bit of nerve the kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. day before or that morning if it's a hundred mile race then it's normally in the week before that i start getting a bit stressed out but you Know with work added in prior. I feel like this is building up to an excuse, Dan, but this isn't an excuse, this is just sort of setting the scene, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, yeah.
0: And like the it, it stressed me out for like a couple of months because the training had been really, really intense as well. So I'd done some sort of loads of back to back races, uh, runs getting up really early in the morning, and um, yeah, and the Dude, training your mileage intense. is insane, yeah. And and I'd, I'd got to the point where I was, I was in the shape of my life, really um yeah like you know this is a distance i've never done before and i think that because it was a distance i've never d- done before that it sort of stressed me out a little bit more okay but anyway we got we got up to um to anglesey or, on the train and started to, and started to chat to this guy called charlie wheelan who incidentally had had more of a stres- stressful train ride than me mm-hmm. so he would got up to one of the um like the stop-offs like crew or somewhere like that and um i think it was crew we'll we'll say it's crew but if it's another station then yeah yeah yeah. anyway he had he'd got off the train with his bag and then as the train doors shut he saw that he'd left his um his race oh my god that's the
1: worst nightmare (laughs) yeah
0: on the train so he was like fuck what have i done (laughs) and (laughs) was like um stood there at the train station talking to the guards working out how the, are we going to get this Salomon bag back to him, whilst also phoning around every running shop within, like, a 20-mile radius to see if they packed, like, a load of bottles and a running pack and a certain amount of gels and all this food that he could go and, like, pick up. Oh,
1: my like, God. So what <laughs> happened? Did he, did he get the bag, the bag back?
0: Yeah, he did, yeah. they. I, I, what happened is that they contacted one of the stations up the track and then they went and found it and whacked it on one of the trains that was coming back south ah okay um, so cool. he got it so he, you know god bless them for sorting that out because that must have been a real race for him wouldn't it
1: oh my god that, that is literally like one of those nightmares you wake up with before a race like you know oh, my bags on a train, damn it
0: <laughs> yeah but he, oh. he was he was really great at just you know we chatted and he actually lives up the road from me and uh fucking he lives up sort of near the devil's punch bowl in the hindhead tunnel okay um so and it was just like lovely to chat to him. He was really enthusiastic, really kind of like kind, personable bloke. So and I really enjoyed t- talking to him and meeting him. So um cool. he sort of like, you know, bridged that bit to to the point that we got to Hollyhead. And um on the way when you get up to Anglesey actually, um I feel like we've done all the time done talking about the train journey, but Yeah, uh, yeah we've got to move on, we've got to move on they have train stations there where you have to like call the conductor and say I want to get off on this off this station what? and then if people are on the platform they have to kind of like wave the train down which I didn't know still existed I thought that you know health and safety and all that meant that yeah yeah trains were I don't know you know but we, we went past one of the um memorable things about it actually and I think I remembered the name and this was a little bit of a life goal tick box thing was we went and stopped off at that Welsh train station with the really, really long name.
1: Uh the one you took a photo of that just about fitted into yeah. like a, a, a landscape photo, uh, photograph. Photo yeah. <laughs> so can, can you say it?
0: I, I think I can. You might have to bear with me because I, I don't know if I'll be able to remember it. But on the way back, I tried to learn it off by heart. So I oh. think it goes clan fair prowguin quin drobble gilgoggery mate no. oh yeah clan fair prowguin drobble gilgoggery and sillyo go, gogogog <laughs>
1: hey you
0: Hooray. did it you did
1: it and that's amazing Sorry. man i just you looked said... at it and was like no that's not that's not even a word you you can't say it <laughs>
0: Banff, Grugl, i got, Yeah. So, if there's any kind of like um, Welsh-speaking um, people that want to pick me up on my holes and my hees, then uh, please kind of let me know if I've not got it quite right. But
1: yeah, write in. Give Dave a hard time, and uh, he'll he'll, <laughs> he'll make sure he relearns it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely amazing so listen epic journey up there obviously stressed yeah. out but but you got to kind of meet one of the other races which was fantastic and how many other crazy people were were, were entered into this and and how was like registration for you and stuff it was it was the night yeah. before was it
0: yeah so night before I, I met this guy this guy messaged me called dave faulkner and um he 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 had decided the day previous that he was going to do the race because he had dropped out of the race he was going to not start it and then he had a decent manchester marathon Um, so he just suddenly went oh actually no I'll go up to Hollyhead so he turned up at Hollyhead without a hotel and I I had a spare room (laughs) so uh, I I said to Dave you know just go and check in as me and then I'll meet you up there and then when we got up when I met him we went and like the basically it's totally minimalist approach to race race directing there's no giant gantries there's no fanfare so we walked to the Premier Inn to get some dinner and had to sort of do a little bit of a white lie to actually get dinner. OK, OK. Because up in Wales, their COVID restrictions are totally different. And um, so, like, you're not allowed to eat out with someone who you're not with and you're not okay. allowed to eat, to eat the food at a hotel, basically.
1: Right. OK. Um,
0: unless you're staying there. So we, I was like, don't worry, I'll get us in there. I'll be really confident. So I walked into this hotel and was like, yes, we are staying at room 112 um which we, we definitely weren't we were staying in the travel lodge about 20 minutes oh, is this stuff you should be
1: admitting on uh, on a podcast <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> yeah. carry on, carry um, on. Yeah, yeah basically mark came and said hello and he just all, all he did was like get us to take a photo of a load of phone numbers and then pick up a tracker
1: okay cool
0: um and, and that was it so basically it was like see you at seven o'clock tomorrow morning up like by a travel lodge, and we'll walk down to the start line, which was just outside the port. Okay, cool. So, uh, did you get a good night's sleep that night? Yeah, slept all right, slept all right, had had some food, slept okay. You know, drank too much water night before, but you know, it was a usual pre race sleep where it's a little bit broken,
1: but yeah, no, I understand. On the Absolutely. whole,
0: had, had a pretty decent sleep, and then, um, and then it was up and put some gunge on the feet put the socks on you know get dressed and you know get down to the start line with
1: and off you and off you went yeah yeah i said i mean it looked the start looked epic like next next to all that kind of like fencing and stuff right on the coast but obviously (laughs) you were wearing a tracker so we were all you know myself and a few of a few of us were what kind of watching you from from the start and you at at the actual start i mean i don't know whether there's anything you want to kind of specifically mention about the start but you went off like really really paced yourself well like I think you were kind of near near the back
0: just for the start yeah yeah I mean I had this pretty strict plan in my head about how I was going to approach it and um so from the start basically what you do is um you cross Anglesey before you get to the Welsh mainland so you've got 30 miles before you get to a place called the Mennoi Bridge. And you go towards like Bangor and stuff, which just had made me have a fiddler's dram day trip to Bangor in my head for the whole time. I don't know if you know that song, (laughs) but it goes to, we have a lovely time today, we went to Bangor. Um, So sung that, but what I did was quite strictly stuck to 25 minutes running, five minutes walking from the start. Okay. Out necking some food every every 25 minutes and walking any hills and just really keeping a lid on anything before you know just just okay. from the start so I do I used to go out pretty quickly you know when when I was a much less fit and I would blow up too early so mm. you know people say you know start conservatively and since doing that I think that it does give give you a big impact later on in the race.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a good idea. It definitely works out. So it's worked for me in the past and then obviously I still revert back to, to being, yeah. being an idiot sometimes and yeah, never, it never well, works out well.
0: Well in mean long last I turned out to be an idiot, didn't I say?
1: So. <laughs> well, not not so much. I mean this and this is where kind of like your story, I think, is it just gets incredible and a lot of people have been whispering rumours as, as to what actually happened to Dave, but but obviously, you know, the whole journey for you was was a lot longer than than us just skipping straight straight to the to the to the last bit but maybe you could like describe um briefly what it was like kind of going through the first night and and obviously just getting getting like the first 100
0: 150 done yeah so so you you sort of cross angle see in the in the in the gray skies and then there's a little bit of kind of sticking to the coast before you get to the 60 about 100k is the first time you get to get your bag Okay. So you got some water wow. at the menai Dr, uh, Bridge, sorry, at about 30 miles, and then you had another sort of 30, and there was no water or nothing um, between, between 30 and 100 kilometres. So it was pretty, pretty nasty, really. And did, you,
1: did you, sorry, did you get to stop at any shops or anything, or did they give you water yeah. up to that first 100k?
0: Yeah, I was pretty ill early, early on. So after about 30, 40 miles, I started. To, my stomach went south, and I got really, really bad kind of diarrhoea. That was literally from my brain realizing that I needed to go for a shit. to the shit coming out was about two seconds. It was. Oh awful. my god, Dave! And this was like <laughs> so now. I'm,
1: I'm glad most of our listeners are runners, so that you'll you'll all understand.
0: <laughs> but a, a lesson I learned from the, from our um international of running podcast correspondence to at least them yep um the the best thing to do is to make sure every time you do a long race keep modium in your bag and since he taught me that lesson many years ago on the 10th path i've just i've you know religiously have a modium in my bag when i'm racing okay um and it just plugs plugs the hole man <laughs>
1: good 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 tip good tip yes. man it's all it's all we keep it real here and that's uh that's a very real thing so yeah so, Obviously, you got through the first hundred and stuff, and I, and I can't remember when it was that we were watching you, but at some point, you went from near the back to literally running in second place for, yeah. for quite a while.
0: Yeah, there was. So, I think i got I managed to get to the hundred in about 22 and a half hours, something like that.
1: Okay, good timing. Um,
0: and it got really, really hilly towards like 70, 80. And I think you go up a mountain called Idris Cadirid, or something like that, um, okay. but all on roads. And it, and it got really, really lumpy, and I was running with a couple of legends. Um, and the, the Menite, not Menite Bridge, the Barmouth, Barmouth Bridge was shut. So they took a detour, and you had to go along quite a main road. And then they said that w- that, that we had to either go round or go across a toll bridge. Now, I, I was told that you had to climb onto the roof of the toll bridge pay booth and then over the spiky railings to get down to the other side. Okay. And I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. But I thought, bugger it, let's go over the toll bridge and let's try it out. Um, and then saw that you could jump down onto the marshland, like off the side of this bridge. It was quite a deep drop and then climb up over the wall. So I thought, I'll give that a go. So I <laughs> jumped off the side of this massive bridge down into this marsh and was able to clamber up anyway. I found out after the 100 mile point that, um, when I spoke bumped into James, that uh, the 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 gates were actually open and they just checked the gates oh and all my straight gosh. through. Just, so, um, you've literally
1: just, just gone all like like pure commando mode for no reason,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, wow. and then that that um, at that point was when I was in second place. Um, and got in when I got into the hundred mile point, and I was sat there for a while thinking, mm, do I do I have a little bit of sleep here, or do I just crack on? And I felt really really fresh, and I wanted to get to that point of being at a hundred without really feeling like I'd done a lot of running. Okay. And, and I felt great, and my legs were fine, my head was fine, I was really confident, had some food, and had been a little bit sick, but nothing out of the ordinary. So I thought there's no reason to stop now. Mm and uh, and then cracked on and that must have been about three o'clock in the morning I reckon something like that okay Maybe four or five something it was still pretty dark anyway
1: okay cool so so, yeah. so, you, so you carried on um, and then I think it was you said that you pulled into one I can't remember which aid station it was when you happened to see the first place runner snoring his head off
0: yeah so so that was um, I think that was 150 miles Okay. So between 100 and 150 things have gone pretty drastically south. But you've been, we, we went through like the, the steepest, hilliest pit bit of the race, and I mean this was like uh, on on a right, it was like the road equivalent of a UTMB climb. It went on for about two hours non-stop, wow. and I was right. fucked by the time I got to it. Got to the top of it and down the other side and went through 125, which was about halfway, feeling pretty ropey. Okay. And um, had gone through some like you were we were going up and down these like quite steep hills and through some um, some woods and it was really unseasonably hot I mean it was it was properly hot and I was start felt like I was getting sunburn and this was like Wales in October and had like um, there was no phone signal and I was thinking well I'm just going to go and drop out and I'd spoken to someone earlier and said that I, I can't do this this is just too much it's too hard. Um, uh, but was t- like encouraged to crack on and then by the time I decided to DNF I, there was no phone signal so I just had to carry on.
1: Okay um, that's cool that's a blessing in disguise yeah,
0: yeah it was really really helpful so I had a 10 minute lie down at about 140 miles and then got up and was like right I'm going to finish this and made a conscious decision at that point that I was going to go and finish and that I was going to give it all give it the best that I've got and ran a really decent 10 miles into the 150 mile point and I felt amazing and was really confident my legs didn't hurt or and you know for running 150 miles I was sat there thinking in all honesty I don't really feel like I've like done too much you know yeah. <laughs> so I was, was quite surprised and the training had paid off I was you know I felt like I was in really good shape
1: compliments to Michelle Maxwell over there
0: well indeed indeed thank you Michelle And um, so when I got to the 150 mile point, uh, there was the guy in first place fast asleep on his on his map. And this was I think this was when it was starting to get dark on the second night as well. Okay. so this was what? Friday night. It must have been Friday night. We started Thursday morning. Yeah. So I'd kind of like thought, okay, what am I going to do here? Sorted all of my bag out, got made sure I had enough food on me. Um, but it was the start of one of my like I think probably a bit of an error.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. So, so.
0: Uh,
1: error error thinking that you probably should have taken a bit of a rest and a sleep as well.
0: Yeah. So um. yeah. I mean, and and I to- I hadn't written down what I had in my bag either. And there was then there was a certain like a a, a fair few things that had happened that started to kind of like annoy me so I'd forgotten that I had like decent rice in my bag and a load of um and two big bags and mini cheddars so I, I just thought that I had some wraps that I wasn't really keeping down and then a load of gels and I was like cruising on gels for most of the race and um I took it took what I remembered I had and then sorted my head torch out and then I laid down for about 15 minutes and I had a good kind of like, you know, shut my eyes, got in my sleeping bag and just laid there. But and and it, it did make me feel better. But my mind was like, you've got to go and get get into first place now. You've got to start racing it. Okay. And I thought, right, I've got 100 miles to go. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm, I'm just going to get up and I'm going to go. So put my head torch on. And within about five minutes, this fucking head torch battery just like decided it wasn't going to work. So I got out my my spare head torch and got that one. Was all happy and then started to really run. And I think it was over the next like by the time we got to the next water stop, which was 175 miles, I'd opened up a lead at about you know almost 10 miles, I think It's 10 miles. Over yeah, the start. you were
1: you were way ahead. Yeah, very quickly as well.
0: Yeah, and I'd got like I'd I looked on the map and seen a couple of like different you know stops and mental uh, goals to like get to um I can't remember what the town's Bulliff Wells or something like that and a couple of others just to sort of you know give me a little bit of um give, give me a bit of a target and I was running really really well between it but the thing is Dan at night time in Wales it is and on that course it's just sensory deprivation and yeah, you were
1: I, saying about that, like having that kind of like same visual and you're, with your yeah. eyes, and
0: you see the road. Yeah, it must
1: be, it must be pretty, um, especially going into the second night of running.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a real head fuck and I've never had hallucinations that bad in my life. Um, so I was running towards um, Brecon from the 75 mile point and I got into 7, 175 miles, sorry, and I, I was feeling pretty good still. But legs were starting to feel a little bit special yeah yeah um but I was positive and I was really like on you know like I'm gonna do this because my head was in it and um so yeah so and and then after uh, just around that point the front of my head torch had suddenly popped and the lens had fallen out so I saw this like big just like this there was no kind of spot to watch it was just like a general lighter area in front of me And then for the next few hours, all I had was these high bushed sides of the road. And then just this sort of like greyness in front of me with every now and again gobbledygook on the signs. And then I'd see a bit of yellow bush. And then that was just turned into giant ducks that were sort of like at the side of the road. And it was just it was a complete head fuck and like most of the time it was sensory deprivation with all of these hallucinations just popping in out the corner of your eyes and popping up jumping out of the bushes and it and it just started to kind of like mess with my head but my my motivation was still there and I was like keep on going keep on going but I started to lose it and I started to get really like obsessed by keeping on going so I had to have a 10 minute lie down and and it did did me the world of good, and that must have been about 180 miles, 190 miles. And I just had 10 minutes to myself, lay down on the side of the road. I must have looked like I've been hit by a car or something. But, <laughs> um, you know, but it, a lie down when you've done that, you know, two nights is really essential.
1: Yeah, um, and you don't care where it is. You just you just do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you had like I got up after that and was like, just chill out. For God's sake, just chill out. And I started to kind of do some more Wim Hof type breathing and brought my kind of like level of arousal right down. Okay. And felt a bit more mindful about the whole thing. I was like, right, let's just get to Brecken.
1: <laughs> okay. So you hit two hundred you hit two hundred miles, two hundred and ten miles, two hundred and twenty miles.
0: Yeah, so I ma- I managed to get two hundred miles in fifty hours, six minutes. Okay and then and that was like way way above the course record as well and I, I got to Brecon feeling feeling all right got some coke and then went to the aid station and then saw Mark and he and he was he was you know he was his usual kind of self he he doesn't help you with anything there's no support there's no give me your bottles I'll go fill them up it's it's just you you know you've got to help help yourself do everything there's absolutely no support if you yeah, want and, and to... he is
1: and he is a lovely guy but but like you say yeah. he keeps he keeps the events pretty real so you so you're on your own yeah
0: yeah yeah you you, you really really are um yeah it's, it's just you and you know that no one's going to do anything for you it's not in the spirit of the race it's self-supported um so what happened so what happened at the end so
1: so this is the bit right where where there's been these kind of rumors going around about what happened were you pulled did you DNF did you did you did you have to stop what yeah. so how did it all kind of unfold at the very end for you cuz you were okay. like you said you were about 10 hours ahead of the previous course record yeah. um god knows how long how ahead how much ahead you were of, of of second place by this time but you were you were absolutely cruising we honestly thought you had it in the bag cuz you were at yeah. 120 miles
0: i had it in the bag yeah i thought i really thought i did and i I was i I left the aid station after a 15 minute lie down and thought right okay let's just do this you know you've got 50 miles to go and you're feeling all right but in all honesty trying to run after you've sat down for you know for a good hour or so at an aid station and, and laid down trying to run after after that when you've done 200 miles of fucking mission yeah and then and then the route takes you right up this i think it was called the fire track or something up by the breckins and it takes you up towards penny fan before okay. it goes before you go left and then take it downhill towards Murphy tidville and um and it was hot it was really hot and i just hadn't eaten properly for a while i had too many caffeine goos and i started to lose it um and at the top of the hill I just thought I've got to lay down so laid down for like five minutes but couldn't switch off couldn't you know it wasn't doing any good so I just thought right get up carry on yeah and I can't really remember much more than that um between there and seeing this guy this lovely French guy on a bike and he was like are you okay mate I was like yeah yeah I think so and like he was really good to me and just like really nice and then I I went and put my head in the river to try and wake myself up and then had another lie down okay and I just I I couldn't I didn't know what I was doing I couldn't I couldn't understand what running was I didn't know that I was in a race I didn't know what running was I kind of knew that I had to get to Cardiff for some reason I knew that I had to follow the the arrow on my watch that's really weird yeah you know I wasn't orientated to time or place I didn't know what day it was I didn't know what I, what the fuck I was doing, and I felt really really weird.
1: The state state you can't really relate to, but you can kind of understand with what you've just put your body through and your mind through with two yeah. nights no sleep, all that running. You can kind of see why why it happens. Like it must be yeah. a very very bizarre sensation.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I got down. Heather phoned me and she said, "Look, my mum and I are going to come up to Mirtha Tidville. And she kept on phoning me to tell me, tell me also that I was going the wrong way. And I said, I kept on saying, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I am. I don't know what's going on. And But kept on managing to get myself back on track and following my watch and know, sort of knowing that I needed to do something. And then got down to the uh, part that I think it was 225 miles with about 28 miles to go. Okay. And I saw Karen Webber. I recognised her. And, I, and she she was like she, she asked me if I was okay and I said that oh, I didn't really feel right and then we had a discussion and she was said right I need to go get your McDonald's and we'll get Lindley but we'll get Lindley to come and intercept you further down the trail to see if you're okay because I, I just I, I wasn't really with it I'll be honest I just and yeah then she said to sort of get the um get my foil blanket out to lay down and just have a little bit of lie down okay but after a couple of me- minutes of that when and it was the evening it was really cold I started shivering so I went and sat in her car and she got me a macky and then um and then Lindley turned up and uh and like gave me like apparently did some kind of assessment on me and did my blood sugars and um and stuff and and said that I couldn't couldn't carry on uh which which pissed me off something chronic um but karen, i felt right because karen karen gave me like a um an orange juice and something from macky d's okay and now i don't know if that was what kind of sabotaged the race because you're not really allowed outside help but I, I thought i was going to be able to carry on and i think that i would have been able to carry on um but lindy said no he was the medic and and that was that really but i wasn't i wasn't best pleased with it
1: i'm sure man i'm sure i mean wow there's there's not really much i can say really i mean i know we've discussed this a few times and i'm sure people listening are going like what the hell it's like you know you've got 28 miles to go but i guess like in a way like thinking about thinking about it from their point of view like they're looking after your safety isn't it especially when someone is the dedicated medic it's like
0: yeah
1: you know a a boxer kind of temporarily being tko'd and then getting upset with the ref for calling it because they're okay now
0: yeah you can't you can't like that's the thing you can't get angry with them i mean you can be pissed off at the time but you can't inherently be angry about it because because they they're putting your your safety first and they're you know they, they've got their, yeah you know, your safety yeah. is their concern so although it is really annoying you know, i ran 225 miles for absolutely fucking nothing but <laughs> there's a lot to take from it you know oh um, god yes wow and there's, dude, there's so much to take from it so <laughs> much you know i've never never i've never led a race really especially one like that and you know if i'm honest like that would be the one race that i'd want to win above any other because it's just ridiculous it's long it's hard and you know it's one of those things that it it delivers exactly what you expect it to
1: yeah and that's
0: its beauty it's just fucking difficult (laughs) and it's really long
1: fair enough fair enough i mean just look it could have gone any other way it could have been that you bumped into Heather first, and she got you the Mackie d's and then everything would have been okay. Good Lindley yeah. wouldn't have given you the assessment, and Karen wouldn't have called Lindley, and so there's so many different ways you can look at it, Dave. Dave but like honestly, yeah. your your journey and seeing that trace on strava and, and what you went through and stuff just you know proves to me what I've always known about you as a runner, and like you are just absolutely metal as <laughs> basically <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the only way I, I, I can I can call it really. And yeah. I, I've always admired that about your running. You're just able to kind of, you know, get so gritty with it. And just, I, I I just don't understand how you can keep going for so long. But it goes to show what you're capable of, man. So I look forward to you uh, getting back to this race, which you, you, you're going to do. Yeah, talk.
0: well, it's nice of you to say, man, it's, I must say that I've I've never pushed myself that hard. Um, yeah. Never never really raced like that either and it was quite an enjoyable race in that sense in to to be in that position where you think right let's let's fucking crack on yeah um so i i did quite appreciate that experience um who knows if i'll ever be in that situation again because i'm you know me i'm a bit of a mid-packer really so
1: um well dude if you put yourself in the same spot again you and you've got 10 hours to to play with you know that you can kind of use that time maybe maybe more wisely in the second half so
0: exactly i think you know just laying down for 30 minutes longer at the 200 mile point would have probably you know sorted me out a little bit i think or going to mackie d's myself and just sitting in mcdonald's for half an hour and maybe shutting my eyes and being one of those stinky vagrants in the corner you know (laughs) (laughs) exactly And, and, and you know what you know what the
1: saying is the saying always always says always goes um you're you, you know when you're feeling okay you're like I'm, I'm all okay but you're you're only okay until you're not um yeah. and it's just kind of like i guess just getting yourself you know prepared when when the body is going to start failing like that so um yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm sure you, you you took a lot away from that and, and you'll approach it a little bit differently next time but wow yes. i mean what an absolute epic journey dude hats off to you for
0: cheers for running cheers. that far
1: absolutely cheers. amazing
0: yeah yeah thank you
1: it was the furthest I've run. I'm sure it will be for a while. Um, but yeah, no, um, I mean, look, Mark's events are, are incredible. People should go and check out some of his some of his sites and uh, have a look at some of the descriptions. And I'm sure a lot of his races will, will appeal to, to a few people. And we were chatting before the recording, weren't we? Just saying, like, yeah. his events are, are kind of sparking a little bit more interest with people. And
0: mm.
1: I think for something like this, for something like Long Last, like you were saying, maybe, like, more people won't, you know, it won't be like a massive mess start event ever. But no. I think it, like a, a lot more people are kind of you know, kind of waking up to these kind of Little distances. Bit drawn. And,
0: well, I think yeah. it's, the, it's the next step, uh, you know, like it's the next step for ultra running, really, I think, isn't it? About how, how far do you push yourself and how far do you go? Because, um, you know, it's fr- from 5K to 10K, you're doubling the distance, aren't you? And there's that element of Maslow's hierarchy of needs about self-actualisation. Isn't there, which is, you know, now I've met certain needs, how do I then further myself as a person and further my interest in someone and how do I get that same that that same reward? Um, and yeah. Maslow's hierarchy of needs explains it quite quite nicely, you know, when when you think about self-self-actualization and about becoming someone and becoming something that is successful. And once you get to that point in your life which is never a kind of fairy tale it's never that you know like this is it this is done this you know life is not a finished product yeah you get to a point where you feel successful and then that becomes easy and then you and then you want to push yourself to the next thing exactly and i think that you know it's it's true in work as it's as it is in in one of your hobbies like running so you know when people have started to get comfortable with running a lot of hundred miles you know where are they going to look next
1: yeah that's said, you always want the want the next thing and yeah it's an interesting way to describe it but uh, no I mean absolutely amazing Dave thanks for sharing that that story with us and I hope it doesn't bring back any kind of ill thoughts or no, uh, yes. or, or horrible horrible kind of after effects because you should be really proud of that run man uh, yes. I know you wanted the medal but next time
0: <laughs> I feel like this has been a bit of a debrief Dan so thank you
1: <laughs> it's a pleasure and that's no, it's, it's, it's good it's good kind of to discuss this and and you know what like a lot of the guests over the last year and a half that I've i've written to have actually enjoyed the process of like writing down what they've done through their lives in with running yeah. so in in a similar way to your race experience i guess it's um it's a nice way to kind of just kind of like release it finally or or look look at the big picture and and you know maybe maybe you'll go back and listen back to this one day and yeah you know, when you go, before you go back to the race and just kind of have a listen to to your account of it but yeah it's it's just interesting it's a, it's, i think it's a very very good release and um you know it might be worth mentioning now that when I spoke earlier about us bringing the show back in the new year. Hopefully, we'll be starting to perhaps maybe speak to a lot more of our runners um, in the surrounding areas and, and obviously Portsmouth about their experiences specifically like this. Um, perhaps maybe some some more kind of topical focused uh, running discussions rather than all about um, kind of starting running from scratch. Because there's so many good topics. Like there's some people some people are doing so many good races. It'd be great to kind of get people onto hear about their actual focused experience of like running the south downs way 100 for example or running their first 5k and just really dig into the weeds there and and discuss those individually so
0: look forward to it yeah sounds awesome sounds awesome
1: but dave this is it this is it this is kind of like our our our, our final but not final farewell for for about eight weeks um anything to say to the listeners that have that have got this far (laughs) so on the show
0: well uh, (laughs) i don't i don't know what have i got to say um we had some nice feedback didn't we from from, yeah. from
1: peter in, in portsmouth he, he he wrote to us and just said that he's he's heard all the shows um lo- loves the podcast just found out so many interesting things about about all the runners so that, that was really nice to read that wasn't it
0: yeah that's awesome that's awesome are there any particular highlights of yours
1: oh god there's do you know what there's been so many i mean uh, I, I would say some episodes stick out obviously um uh, a few of my running friends that helped me out during the beginning, who came onto the show to kind of sh- kind of share their stories. At first, they weren't sure what to expect of the experience, so that kind of helped yeah. me get into the rhythm of things. Obviously, I thanked you and and obviously Heather for your time as well. Um, Debbie Pentland, absolutely amazing guest. Um, talking to she's Craig great, Winter. From,
0: oh, she's, she's absolutely awesome. amazing, absolutely <laughs> amazing.
1: Uh, Craig Winter from Runner, finding out about about Runner and the, the kind of successful clothing brand that they've that they've started, which is still going strong um also, also our topical guests like having rerun charlotte from rerun on um uh yeah just, just so many uh, there's there's too many each one is has its has its kind of merits and i'll be going back and looking over some of the show notes and 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 hopefully listening to some of the old episodes yeah. soon so
0: yeah yeah it'd be, it'd be um, interesting to, to to balance it out a little bit because i think we're a little bit kind of like long distance nuts aren't we so absolutely I think we need to set ourselves a new challenge, Dan, and try and go and get like a, get a really quick 5k or one mile or something like that to try yeah, and balance ourselves out and be more kind of well-balanced people.
1: <laughs> good. Well, maybe we'll set that as a, as, a, as a project for ourselves soon. But listen, it's also worth mentioning that we will be releasing a couple of YouTube videos um, in the meantime as well. So um, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, do search for Portsmouth Running Podcast. Um, Dave, I'm not sure how many of those you'll be starring in um because you're going to be busy changing nappies and goodness knows what else uh however yeah there will be a few released um from now to the new year so, so do watch out for those but the podcast itself will be coming back in the new year uh massive thank you to everyone who's listened to the show uh we love 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 you guys and yeah happy running um and enjoy your christmases and see you in the new year
0: take it easy you too dave cheers bye
1: bye